0: Well, see what happens, kids, when you think you're just going to walk over a team. They end up scoring twice in the first period, and, you know, you almost forget how to score, and thankfully you do, but then you get stonewalled by a goaltender. Don't you love how this all happens, kids? Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Capitals. I am your host, as always, the Insider Insider Tyler Kuhl. Caps lose again. Hooray! Woo! Playoffs. Let's go. Let's let's get our buddy Jim Moore in here. Playoffs. That's right, kids. We're at the halfway mark of the season. Playoffs. Because yeah, you know, you have to win games to make the playoffs, and the Caps have been doing such a good job at winning games that we're questioning it. Thank goodness the Detroit, Red, wait, the Detroit Red Wings are playing hard against the Blackhawks. I don't know anymore. This is just not going the way we'd like it to go. So with that, the Washington Capitals loss. We'll talk about that game here in just a moment. We're also going to look and see how it affects the standings because I just cracked my middle finger when I tweeted on that one. Tweeted, when I tweaked on that one. See, that's how problem my problem is with Twitter. I'm on it so much that I put the word tweet into everything. Did I tell you I tweeted chicken for dinner tonight? That's right. I tweeted the chicken. <laughs> I tweeted the chicken. Sorry, that was kind of funny. We'll talk about how the, the losses piling up here for the Caps have affected certainly their standings. And also, I'm going to give my take on the Aaron hit that got him suspended three games on Drake Batherson. Like I said, we'll get to that later on in this edition of Locked on Caps. But let's talk about the game. Holy moly. Another slow start. Like, what is it about taking out teams? Like, do the Washington Capitals just not watch games against West Coast teams? Like, honestly, I know the, the Eastern bias thing is very hard and very prevalent, and I, I understand that. However... You understand that those teams are pretty good out there. And you know what? The Pacific Division is more competitive than the Metropolitan Division, at least between the teams that are out of the playoffs and the teams that are in right now. And we mentioned yesterday when we were talking about the game that the San Jose Sharks are a team that are battling for their playoff lives, that they were actually trailing their outside of a playoff spot as the Flames were winning hockey games and what have you. So. I'm just going to say this right now. This is a team that, and of course, the Oilers won. They're trying to get back on the winning track, so that makes that division a little bit more tighter, and that race for a wild card spot even crazier. But to my point, you need to find a way to realize that you got to meet this, that team, the team you're playing, you have to meet their intensity, because the Sharks came out playing well in this one. They came out right off the hop. They knew what they had to do if they wanted to strike first on the road. And for them, this was a big game for them. You know, early on in their West Coast trip, they had to come out and play hard and play fast. And the Caps didn't. They got outshot in the first period once again. And they got burned on a great play made by Brent Burns. A defensive zone breakdown where Garnet Hathaway, of all people, is the guy covering the front of the net. And I know that's a pass you shouldn't let through if you're playing the role of defenseman there. But you need to find a way to not allow... Your center, actually, no, pardon me, Garnet Hathaway, who's playing wing tonight? Your winger being your last defenseman there. So Brent Burns, great playing and all and everything, sure, one hundred percent. But the fact of the matter is, is that you left him open, and then he makes a great feed to get Noah Gregor back door, bang bang, it's one nothing in the first period. Ilya Samstonov is looking at himself saying, if "I first started in about two weeks here, guys." And like what, what, I get the joke here. Can we play as a team now? Can we actually figure out defensively? I mean, what what do you need to be figured out there in order to realize that that was a very poor defensive breakdown here? You just think, you just fly the zone. Like, you get your defense. Where were the defensemen? I don't even remember who the defensemen were. I don't want to know because, unfortunately, their names are not worth mentioning because, my gosh, that was a horrible play. So we go to the second period. Caps now have not scored in, what, four straight periods now? Try trying to make sure I don't mess up their uh, their score here. Of course, of course you're right, because they beat the Capitals in overtime. So, yes, it's been four periods at this point. They haven't scored a goal. We go to the second period, and the game is still going. It's still tight. It's tight checking. It's not going well. And a few minutes in, I, I, I don't know what happened. I, I don't know what happened. I mean, a great play by Matt Nieto, and, and Nicholas Malosh is able to fire one in. His first National Hockey League goal. Innocent looking Rush. I don't know what Michael Kempney is doing on this play. I get it, Samsonov did challenge the shooter maybe a little too much. And as a former goaltender myself, you get a little excited and you kind of come out of your net just a little bit more than you usually would. But the fact of the matter is this no know, know where your goaltender is, and Samsonov know where your defenseman is. That's poor communication. That's and nothing against Nicholas Malosh. I think he's, you know, a solid guy that can be a good player going forward, maybe down the line in the National Hockey League. But that's an easy first goal, I, let me tell you what, when you have two guys running into each other, it's two nothing early on in the second period. However, the caps are pulling something together. The caps are getting chances, they're getting good looks. Boy Connor Sheary's back door, he's tipping one shot, tipping passes over top of the goal. They're getting close though. They can't score out though after twenty minutes of play. We go to the third period. It's been five periods now for the Washington Capitals. After getting shut out for the first time, oh, guess what, kids? It's going to happen again. It's totally going to happen again that they're going to get shut out. Let's be honest here, because James Reimer, remember how I talked about him yesterday? James Reimer, who just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy on the inside, great guy, beautiful teeth, couple beautiful kids, a nice wife. Red-haired, that looks like. If you ever tried to tip it, it would look like a weird strawberry milkshake. Just decided to stonewall the Capitals in the third period. Now, granted, yes, Daniel Sprong did break it, break the shutout, 14 seconds into the third period after missing on a similar chance late in the second period. But that was it. James Reimer did the thing that I was, that I'm afraid that James Reimer is able to do against any team. I watched him in that run in 2013. I remember when James Reimer came into this league. I used to watch James Reimer because back in the day, the NHL Network used to broadcast the uh, AHL on CBC. They'd have a game every Sunday, a 4 o'clock, 2 o'clock game. And typically, since it's CBC and a lot of the folks work in Toronto, it'd be the Marlies at Rico Coliseum, Elliot Friedman of all people. This is how long ago it was, kids. Elliot Friedman. Wasn't even on working on Hockey Night in Canada at the time. He was, I think he was just a blogger and, and a writer for Sportsnet, but he would host those games for CBC, and occasionally he'd get on Hockey Night in Canada. He was more of a, a feature interview kind of guy, like a uh, Christine Simpson uh, that they have over there now, while Christine was still there too. But the the fact was, was that there's this goaltender I keep seeing from Manitoba, James Reimer, and or from Winnipeg, excuse me. I, I say from Manitoba because it's, it's pretty close. But I kept seeing them, like, again this guy's gonna be a pretty good goaltender for the Leafs someday. And J.S. Schegar and Johan and you know Jonas Gustafson were just not having a good year. And next thing you know, the Leafs are kind of tailing off. They have a decent team. They could be a competitive playoff team. They bring him in around New Year's and ends up stealing the show. Brings them within a couple points of a playoff spot. And they think, man, this is the goaltender of the future right here for the Leafs. And By golly, 2011-2012. Starts off with a bang, and then he gets a concussion. Then he comes back in 2013, the lockout short in 2013 season, and just did this thing. I I, I don't have a better way to describe it. He dragged that team. A team that was led by Nazem Kadri, Phil Kessel, Joffrey Lupul, but a defense corps that had Dion Phaneuf, Mike Koska, Corbinian Holzer, I think, was there, uh, Mark (laughs) Frazier... Like the the team was horrible. The defense core was horrible. They were getting brutally outshot all the time. And he somehow, some way found a way to win games. And that team made the playoffs. First time since 2004, they made the playoffs. Great seven game series against Boston. The last five and a half minutes of overtime or the third period then overtime. Yep. Did not go the least way at all. I remember that all too well. But I'm like, man, this guy is something. And, you know, the Dave Nones, his decision was, here, what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to just, you know, trade for a new goaltender because that's what we need because Reimer wasn't good enough. And that really kind of derailed his time with the Leafs. But, but watching this game took me back to that time when this cards were stacked, may have been stacked against the team that Reimer's on, but he just has this thing. Like, he's, he's a good goaltender. We saw what he did the last couple of years in Carolina. And we've seen what he's done so far with San Jose. He's a great goaltender. But he just did this thing where he just was not going to get scored on. Come hell or high water. Daniel Sprong's goal is a screenshot. And the chances the Caps have on the power play. They have, what, two chances in the third period, if I'm not mistaken, right? Two power plays back-to-back as well? I mean, my gosh. they Or no, just one power play, excuse me, in the uh, the third period. But the fact of the matter was, was that... My gosh. What... What a game he played. Robbie Ovechkin time and again. Like, Ovechkin, let me look at how many shots Ovechkin had. Sh- eight shots on goal for the grade eight. Did not score once. Like, he was on fire. And we, I said, Robin Leonard goalied the Caps. And guess what happened? The Caps got goalied again. This time they were able to score. Awesome. But they were not able to do anything more than the one goal which is just insane because I, I love James to death. Like, that's my thing. I have, a, I have a love affair with James Reimer and seeing him do that to the Caps, I'm, it's hard for me to get mad at the Caps unable to score. Defensive breakdowns aside, like, that was horrendous. And then, of course, Ilya Samsonov gets buried by, after Timo Meyer throws Ovechkin into him. Thankfully, he's able to continue, but literally, what, 30 seconds later, in comes Jonathan Dolan with a chance and he just beats him and there's ninth of the season. That just does the game. Cogliano scores an empty netter. Game's over. Yeah, yeah, there was a fight at the end. Garnet Hathaway getting into it with with, uh, Yonan Gadovich and Yrgadjovich. Gadovich? Gadovich. I Listen, it's a tough loss for the Caps. But once again, for the second game in a row, they got goalied. They got goalied. It happens. However, this is the first time, though, that the Washington Capitals have lost back-to-back games in regulation this year. So, yeah, tough spot, but... I think they can find a way to come back around here. We're just gonna have to wait and see um, for see how they can pull it off. They got a big game coming up on Saturday against Dallas, which we'll talk about obviously on tomorrow's show. So, before though, we get to how this Im- impacts the standings and whatnot, let us talk about Bet Online. That's right, Bet Online would like to wish you a happy New Betting Year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC right, to your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, Bet online where the game starts. So now how does this affect the Washington capitals? How do the losses that are piling up? I mean, you can look at it. The caps have now lost. What is it? Four of their last six games. And yes, a couple of them have been one has been one. Actually, one of them has been in overtime. The buff, the Boston Bruins game, of course, was four to three in regulation. Yes, they're keeping these games close. And I know four one looks a little ominous, but the fact is that the Sharks scored two goes late when the caps came pretty darn close to tying the game up regardless. So, I really think that the caps that you this game, I think, in particular was much better and much more appropriate compared to the first game. I just think that when you have two defensive breakdowns in this league, there's a chance that those two breakdowns will lead to the pucks going in the back of your net both times. And unfortunately, they ran into two good goaltenders back to back games. Uh, I'm not going to give them the, the Boston Bruins as a hot goaltender. I will give them the Matt Murray treatment because Matt Murray then gets a shout out like we talked about against the or I mentioned against the Buffalo Sabres which we will kind of mention here later on when we get to the Aaron story. However, you know that this team just has more to give. And I mentioned, and we talked about it yesterday, we talked about it on Tuesday on Locked on NHL with Mike DiStefano, the East is pretty much decided with maybe the possibility of the New York Islanders causing havoc. The Islanders, who have now won, I think it's still seven of the last 10, Seven of the last ten games, 15, 14, and 6 now. They are now 19 points back of the Washington Capitals. Nine games, though, in hand, which, yes, means 18 points if they were to win all those games, sure. But there is times for crazy stuff to happen for both the Capitals and the Islanders. And as the time I'm recording this, the Wings are... Are they winning or are they losing right now? Let me just... Get that there. They're still losing to the Chicago Blackhawks in the third period, down two goals. So they may stick at 42 points for another day and actually fall below 500 for the first time in a very long time. I'm trying to remember the last time the Wings were down below 500. They've always kept staying at or above it, at least whether it be overtime losses, shootout losses, what have you. The, the Caps, by the way, now this was a crazy stat that I saw after the first period, after they were trailing one nothing. The Caps are now 3, 2, and 5 in games that they trail after the first period. 3, 2, and 5. That just shows you, one, the Caps rarely trail after a first period. When they do, they get points typically. Now, yes, the 5 that I mentioned is overtime and shootout losses, so that's not good, but I, I really think that they can turn it around. I just don't know what it'll be. We talked, yeah, I know we talked about Marc-Andre Fleury, but how can you blame Sam Sonoff in this one? Honestly, he, he makes 25 saves. I think he played. No, 26 saves, excuse me. I was counting the empty netter. He had 26 saves in this one. He got beat by the other goaltender. Sure, that happens. Welcome to the National Hockey League where even though there are the goaltenders that are pretty darn bad, there are goaltenders in there that are they're still like if you bring a the worst NHL goaltender right now. Take your pick on who the worst is, Michael. I don't want to say Michael Hauser. He's hardly played. But, I mean, just take your pick. And put him in the American League. Put him in the ECHL. Best goalie in the league. Michael Layton. Michael Layton is a goaltender that has the most, I think, the most shutouts in American Hockey League history. And people think he's was an okay goaltender in the NHL. And he is an all-time record holder in minor league hockey, beating the great Johnny Bauer. Because remember one point, Johnny Bauer was one of the greatest goaltenders to never play in the NHL because well, the Cleveland Barons back in the day, the American League Cleveland Barons, used to pay up the wazoo. But that's another story for a different time. So, But what um, but I'm saying is, though, a goaltender might not be the thing that you need. I don't know what it is, though. I don't know what this team needs. It just needs consistency. Yes, I know we... Jensen's out for a while, and oh, she's still out, and they haven't been able to have the full lineup in. Ooh, who cares? They were first in the league when Nicholas Backstrom was still on the shelf. Come on. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't have any excuses for this hockey club. This team needs to find a way to win, and I'm going to say this. As much as I would like to see them go after someone to maybe bring in another depth forward or bring in a defenseman, Right now, the answer is in that room because we saw what they were doing to teams earlier this year when they were hammering the Rangers, hammering the Avalanche, hammering the Sharks. They had back-to-back shutouts against the Sharks and the Kings. The King, those are, and Kings now are all of a sudden towards the top of the Pacific Division. They were beating up the Canes. They were hammering teams easily, no questions asked. Vucali's getting shutouts. Samsonov, Vanacek, they're all getting big wins, great performances, OB scoring at will. This team can do it. But once again, they're regressing to the mean. And unfortunately, that means them battling for a playoff spot, battling to see which division they end up playing in. Because in a wildcard spot, you can go in the first, you can go in the second. As of right now, since they're in the first wildcard spot, for now, five points ahead of Boston after the loss tonight, they would stick in the Metropolitan Division. They are still only three points back of the Carolina Hurricanes. However, the Hurricanes have five games in hand. They're four points back of the Penguins. Pens have two games in hand. Five points back of the Rangers. Rangers have a game in hand. The Capitals need to start winning hockey games. Because the other teams that are with the games less than them, they're going to either keep their distance or possibly catch up. Now, the Detroit Red Wings, they have 42 games, so there's not a whole lot and obviously a lot of points in between there. But I'm just saying, you keep losing games, and the Islanders keep winning games, that gap will shrink. And all of a sudden you're finding yourself fighting for your playoff lives. That is why I say you have to worry about these losses, the 9 overtime shootout losses, the lacklustre, the you know, the mind lapses defensively and the inability to start games on time. You need to figure those out now if you want to be successful and play into spring and possibly summer. We'll just have to wait and see. Like I said, we'll talk about that game tomorrow against the Dallas Stars, because that's a great opportunity for the Caps to get a win. Thought this was as well for against the San Jose Sharks, but <laughs> ifs and buts were candy nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas, am I right? So now, as we usually do, let's look at the games that are on tap for this Thursday night. We have a couple of good ones. The Anaheim Ducks, who were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs at the time of this recording, they were trailing in the third period. Knock on wood for my Leafs fans out there. They're staying in Canada, though. They're taking on the Montreal Canadiens, 7 o'clock. The Ottawa Senators without Drake Batherson. We'll get to that here in just a second. Taking on the Carolina Hurricanes, hosting the Hurricanes. This could obviously be a very different different team. Of course, Matthew Kachuk, or no, not Matthew, Brady Kachuk, being picked and as the all-star now for the Senators as a result with Drake Batherson being out, like I said, we'll touch on that here in just a moment to wrap things up here today. The New Jersey Devils going up or going down to Tampa to take on the Lightning. It's all seven o'clock puck drop. The other Florida team, the Panthers, hosting the Vegas Golden Knights. The Golden Knights making their way through the East right now. The New York Islanders hosting the LA Kings, one of the hottest teams I could mention the Metro. They're right there. The Seattle Kraken hosts are going to Pittsburgh to take on the Penguins. The Columbus Blue Jackets hosting the New York Rangers after taking on the Calgary Flames. And the Flames are on the road as well, staying on the road, taking on the St. Louis Blues. That's an 8 o'clock puck drop. The last two games of the night out west in Manitoba, the Jets hosting the Canucks at 8 o'clock. And at 9 o'clock, the Oilers and the Preds at a very interesting matchup those are the games on tap for Thursday. So now let's kind of look at the, the story. I want to end this one here because I myself I'm a former goaltender and a very hard uh, critic of the NHL Department of Player Safety because I am 100% honest with you guys, George Peros and I if we ever got put in the same room together there there would be uh, the, the 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 there would be discussions. So the first thing I, I say in all this is, once again, remember I'm a goaltender, card-carrying member of the goaltending union. The Buffalo Sabres got shelled 5 nothing the other night. Uh, was it Wednesday night? No, Tuesday night. And they got shelled by the Ottawa Senators, 5 nothing in Ottawa. Huge, big win for the Sens. And I, I jokingly tweeted out, and I said, Hey, guys, are the Ottawa Senators doing that thing last year where they kind of just stink for the first third of the year and then just turn it on late and look like a playoff team towards the end, being spoilers as well? Because that's what the Sens were in the North Division last year. But anyways, play that happens. Oh, gosh, this was a, a freaky-deaky play. So Aaron Dell, he's done this before. He was a, he hit Mark Stoner, hit one of the National Predators uh, a few weeks ago, came out of his net, hit him, Billy Smith style, if you will. And the game against the Sens, I think it was the second period, if I'm not mistaken, leaves the puck for his defenseman and is going to set a pick for Drake Batherson. Puts his shoulder right into him. Batherson goes flailing awkwardly into the boards, ends up injuring his leg, and his ankle was the official term. We actually got an actual body part on this one. It, it did not look good because you go... anyone anytime a player goes into the end board's feet first, it's not pretty. And I've actually slid into the board's feet first like plain shinny when I'm going maybe five miles an hour. And even that's uncomfortable, let alone a guy going full speed trying to chase down a defenseman to try to get a turnover. So Batherson gets hurt. He's out for who knows how long. And Aaron Dell actually got suspended for the hit because the goaltender... Typically never gets called for a hit. Dell's the, the first time he hit a guy earlier on this season. He didn't get called for it. This one, though, he did get an interference call. Bathurston, though, according to DJ Smith, from what we heard after the game, could be out long term. And this is obviously it's tough for the Senators because Drake Bathurston having a great year. And if you're looking at it from the side of Buffalo Sabres, you're losing Aaron Dell. For a team that only has Michael Hauser signed to an angel contract, that's not good. But here's my take on the hit, okay? Dell was doing, doing something a lot of goaltenders, some goaltenders don't do. They kind of just stand there and maybe just play as the decoy. But he's done something that a lot of us have done. Throw a little bit of a shoulder out, a little bit of an arm out, nothing too crazy, and get in the way of the oncoming four checker. Well, this time it actually hurt someone. The first time it was just a big hit, collision. You know, Everyone's kind of okay. A few players may have had words for him, but this time it actually hurt somebody. And that's why I'm not, this is, once again, the Department of Player Safety and I are not good friends here. I, I, I get that. But the fact of the matter is, is that he was unable to avoid getting suspended because he hurt somebody. When you hurt someone on a hit, even if it's not called, even if it is called, the odds are is that if he's injured and has to leave the game or is out for long term, there's going to be a suspension or at least repercussions involved for that player. Would I have done that same maneuver knowing what it's at risk? Absolutely, because I've actually done that to a guy before. I, he didn't snap, it, you know, he didn't break his ankle, but... I've literally had a time where a guy was coming down trying to get my defenseman. I put the arm out and he went flailing into the end boards. Thankfully he was able to bounce back up because I don't think he went feet first. And it was a game against Midland years ago. And I just remember doing that to a guy and it looked funny on video because he went kind of once again, flailing into the boards and a goaltender hitting a guy. I mean this was, you know, I think we were playing midget at the time and I just people thought it was, you know, Kind of childish, but kind of funny too that the, you know, Tyler, the goalie, hits someone. And listen, I do it. I've hit people. And I, I remember we, I had this conversation on, on Tuesday's edition of Lockdown HL with Mike DiStefano. I say, with the trapezoid being there, that if you are outside the trapezoid in the corners of the goaltender or out past the hash marks trying to play the puck, you should be fair game. Now, once again, this play happened in the trapezoid. So yes, Arundel would not have been fair game. I understand that. But that's why I just say, I'm like, if if goaltenders want to be around to hit people, and I know the NHLPA will probably not agree to this, but I've always thought of the idea is that if you want to see someone, if you want to be a goaltender, you want to be involved in a play like that, and you want to be physical, you want to be Ronnie Hextall, you want to be Billy Smith, and dare I say you want to be under six foot Arendelle, well, okay, then, then you're going to have to be able to receive it as well. So... It's just something to think about, and obviously I'm, I, I feel for Drake Bathurston because he's a great player. I think he's going to have something, and that sense team is going to come around eventually, and th- watch out. And he, Batherson's going to be one of those key players as well to go along with that. So that is it for this edition of Locked On Capitals, everyone. Thank you all very much for listening and watching this edition of Locked On Capitals today and every day. We'll back tomorrow and getting ready for the Dallas Stars matchup on Saturday, and maybe a little crossover? Might be. Maybe. We'll just have to wait and see. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, guys, at Locked On Caps. Be sure to check me out at TJKU29 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. That's right, TikTok. I'm there. I'm square, whatever you want to call me. That's where I'm at as well. We'll see you guys all tomorrow here on another edition of Locked On Caps. Have a good rest of your day.